if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. food. First, did you know it is the law in Canada that restaurants have to serve burgers well done? Uh, Tourists from the United States ordered a burger at the Toronto Airport Hilton, and he had to sign a waiver to get it cooked medium that he wouldn't sue if he got sick. (laughs) Who knew? I was today years old when I learned that about Canada. (laughs) Second, ever wonder if food delivery drivers get into your order? You've talked about this for years, Kev. Like, if you delivered, you'd grab a couple fries. It'd be so tempting. No, 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 no. Or you'd be tempted to. I didn't say I would. I said I guarantee you other people do. Okay, yes. Correction. Some lady ordered a box of cookies through DoorDash. And she confronted the driver. The box is open. Why is it open? You got chocolate on your mouth. <laughs> he was saying, oh, no, no, I didn't eat any of your cookies. I don't know why the box is open. And he literally had chocolate on his lip. And finally, in the world of food, everyone on TikTok is arguing about how to say, how do you say B-R-O-C-C-O-L-I? The Bro- vegetable. Broccoli. Mm-hmm. I say broccoli. After so many people are pronouncing it broccoli. But we all know the VeggieTales taught us how to say it. Mm-hmm. That's and, the correct way. And then my daughter, one of my daughters would sing that song and she couldn't say celery. She would go broccoli, celery. Oh, <laughs> that's so cute. VeggieTales. What a good memory. Okay, I have a little brain teaser for you. Think about this for a minute and then I'll give you the answer. Why do you think a high school removed the mirrors from the bathroom sinks? Hmm. So a minute ago, I gave you a little brain teaser. Why do you think at one, it's actually a middle school in North Carolina, why did they take down all the mirrors in the bathrooms? Hmm. You want to take a guess? It's got to be some self-esteem comparison trap, something like that. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I've I've heard of people doing that and they just put up post-it notes instead, like, you're beautiful just the way God made you and stuff like that. Well, no, here's what happened. It was Southern Middle School in Graham, North Carolina, and all the teachers started noticing, man, these kids are asking for a lot of bathroom breaks, and why are they in there so long? And they thought, is there like an outbreak of gastrointestinal issues (laughs) with all these middle schoolers? (laughs) What's going on? Need the Lysol Brigade in here? Yeah. (laughs) Sanitize everything? Kids were asking for like up to nine bathroom breaks a day. Wow. And they discovered they were going in the bathroom and... Using the mirrors to make TikTok videos. Uh. And that's why it was taking so long. And that's why they kept leaving class. And so they took the mirrors down. And believe it or not, it totally worked. Wow. Kids are not asking you to go as often. And they're getting back a lot quicker. Wow. Makes the stuff that we did when we were kids seem quaint, doesn't it? (laughs) Passing notes and that kind of stuff. Forget smoking in the boys' bathroom. They're TikToking in there. TikToking, yeah. Do you have a pretty standard, normal name? Like, nothing super unique about it? Hmm. Chances are your name could be going extinct. Tell you what's going on in just a minute. So you have uh, super unique names in your family. I have a bunch of them, like... My twin baby sisters are Rhoda and Esther. Hmm. I mean, how unique is that? My oldest Mm -hmm. sister is Suzanne. You don't meet a whole lot of Suzannes. But normal names, just common, everyday names, they think are going extinct. You know, there's people that watch baby name trends. um, And these are the names that are just like falling out. out. Uh, Brooke, it was the 471st most popular name for girls down last year, down 200 spots hmm. from 2022. 
Mackenzie. We had a dog named Mackenzie. Um, Johnny, Amanda, Michelle. That's a really common name. Diana, Bradley, which you think would be gaining popularity from actors like Bradley Cooper, uh, and Angela. All those names are just not nearly as common as they used to be. They have a, a boys list too, or just girls? Uh, Bradley was on. Oh, Bradley, there. okay. Yeah, and Johnny. It like Bradley it was, and Johnny. It seemed like it was mostly girls. Yeah, a lot of there was two boys names and a bunch of girl names. Hmm. But yeah, Kevin, is that common? Do you meet a lot of Kevins? It's it's not uncommon, but it's not common. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's not a ton of us around, but but it's not weird to meet someone named Kevin. I wonder if the movie Home Alone built the popularity of the name Kevin or decreased. Kevin! Yeah, I mean, it's such a popular line. Iconic. <laughs> my mom wanted to name me Christopher, and my dad did not like the name. Ah. I don't know how they came up with Kevin, but here we are. <laughs> how about you? How mom and dad come up with Taylor? Um, I think they just, I don't know, maybe my mom, it was a soap Every, opera my mom everybody was watching. Else, everyone know. else got Bible names, right? <laughs> uh, Suzanne's not a Bible name, I don't think. <laughs> Probably some obscure Listen, passage. That Maybe Sunday there's school. some weird Old Testament passage that no one knows. With a tailor? With a tailor, right. Yeah. Right. And then Taylor approached the king with the sacrificed oxen. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> My mom's very proud that her the twin names she picked out, one's from the Old Testament, one's from the New Testament. Yeah. Did she always, whenever she said their names, did she review that with people like many times and she has a sister named Rhoda and you too. had to stand there going hi I'm Taylor not in the Bible <laughs> such an outcast hey it's Kevin and Taylor we're, we're talking about unique names and somehow we got on the topic of Bible names you know names that you find in the Bible so yes my my mom and dad named me the most biblical name I've ever heard of in my life my name is Moses Elijah so <laughs> My name in Hebrew actually means drawn up into heaven with fire. Wow. Moses Moses translates into drawn up from, and then Elijah is into heaven with fire because he went up into a chariot with fire. Yeah. yeah, There's that Rich Mullins song. When I go out, I want to go out like Elijah. That's pretty cool. Moses, are you a bad boy? Yeah. I, I literally had to fight my way through high school because of that name. <laughs> and now whenever he's lying around on the couch, his wife goes like, oh, Mr. Drawn Up in Fire is taking a break, I see. <laughs> oh, Thanks yeah, for... no, people call me Jesus and Ezekiel and everything. So. Oh, man. And now that you're an adult, it's probably like, all right, I'll take that. But when you're a teenager, not so much. Everybody knew me as Mo, so I was always Chef Mo. That's great. Thanks for calling, Moses. I got a little exercise for you, Kev. Get out a pen and paper and write down how you would describe your paycheck using only the title of a movie. That's it. Especially as a father of four. Right, right, right. Husband and father of four. So we'll we'll come back to that in just a minute. I wrote down three so far. Oh, three. That was fast. (laughs) Okay. So here were the top answers. Um, How about... Oh, brother, where art art thou? thou? (laughs) (laughs) This was one of my favorite movies when it first came out. A Walk to Remember. (laughs) Miracles from Heaven, because people are so grateful for their job. Taken. (laughs) And my favorite one, describe your paycheck using only the title of a movie. Mm -hmm. Gone in 60 seconds. (laughs) All right, that was what I put. Gone in 60 seconds. 
Gone with the Wind. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and uh, Zero, Dark 30. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Did you come up with that uh, or were you just like enamored with the list? I was just enamored with the list. I thought it was so <laughs> funny because it's just like, it's really true how... You know, your paycheck's pretty much designated before it ever hits the bank account. Right. This goes to the mortgage. This goes to the groceries. Right. This goes to paying the light bill. And Right. I haven't seen fun money since <laughs> 1990. <laughs> I got to go back to four first before our first kid came along. That's then you the, had fun right? money. That's yeah. When the, when the, and then we weren't making any money, so... Fun was, fun was, uh, I guess, it, it, 20 bucks meant fun. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up, families are embracing scruffy hospitality. Should you join the trend? When you find out someone is coming over, do you race around to speed clean and neaten up? Families are embracing what they're calling scruffy hospitality. Hmm. It was a, a phrase coined by a priest. Um, should you join the trend? It's the idea that even if your home obviously looks <clears throat> lived in, you welcome visitors with open arms. It's a deeper level of intimacy because you're letting friends into your real life. After all, life is a beautiful mess. <laughs> and if the prep for company making everything perfect and serving the perfect meal is keeping you from having people over, they say it's time to make a change. And it reminds me of a book I read in college called Open Heart, Open Home. And it was all about like just... Ask people to help you peel potatoes, put them to work, like just make them part of the family when you have them over. But they do say there's one thing with scruffy hospitality that a lot of people are saying, OK, don't don't skip that is scrubbing the toilet. <laughs> just go ahead and make sure that well, happens before they walk in. Letter number A, I'm not surprised that a man came up with scruffy hospitality because no woman on the planet would be like, oh, sure, it's a mess. Come on in. I Just in my experience, that ain't happening. I've watched Tracy. She's like, no, no, no. Because I'll be like, hey, why don't we invite so-and-so over to, you know, we'll order a pizza and watch the game. And no, no, the house is a wreck. I'm like, we'll straighten up a little bit. I haven't dusted it. No, no, we're not doing that. Right. She, yeah, we I, all fall into that. Yes, I've totally heard that. So thinking our house needs to look like a think it's Pinterest per, page it's to not have people. Perfectionism over. with Trace. She just doesn't want it to be like anyone to think her house isn't clean, like that her house mm-hmm. is is dirty. And the reality is, that's how most of us roll most of the time, right? It's a little only, bit of dust, yeah, a little bit of crumbs only when on the company floor. Company yeah. comes over that we give it the top to bottom cleaning. So I, I think they're on to something there. I just in my own lived reality. That ain't happening. People who write recipe recipe books sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> Let's talk about that next. The people who write recipes and recipe books sit on a throne of lies. How come? And I got the best example. So uh, my niece and her husband cooked for their sister's birthday. And I heard from several different people in my family. They live in Jupiter, Florida, so I didn't get to be part of this birthday dinner. But I heard from my mom and my sister and my niece and all these people like, oh, it was delicious. And I said, can I get the recipe? So I get a picture of it sent to me. It's spaghetti squash pad thai. It's got a peanut sauce. And my first tip off that it was a lying liar from Liarsville recipe should have been that there's 22 ingredients. <laughs> and it told me that it would take that take me a grand total of 30 minutes. So Saturday night, I had collected all the ingredients, took a while, a couple different grocery stores, a little journey, especially I could not find spaghetti squash fresh anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I had to buy it frozen. And I even bought a dehydrated one, but I was scared to try that. Who knew? 
And I, my husband's like, no, it's Saturday night. You should be festive. Don't cook. I'm like, babe, it's going to take 30 minutes. It says right here on the recipe. 90 minutes later, we were finally sitting down to eat. And my husband goes, what do you think? It's really good. And I went, eh. And my sister, I told my sister the whole story. And she has a theory that anytime somebody else makes something, mm-hmm. it's 10 times more delicious. Because you didn't have to make it. But when you make it yourself and you knew it took you 90 minutes, including like, it's told you to mince um. Uh, not gar- uh, the garlic and the ginger. Do you know how pulp, pulpy ginger is? <laughs> I was, I'm like, I'm getting some juice out, but then there's this little like ginger patty left inside. I was, oh, I was so cranky and crabby. And my husband's like, see, this is why I didn't want you cooking on our Saturday night. So, wow. Yeah, it was, it was fine. 22 was ingredients. 22 ingredients in spaghetti squash pad thai. How many of them did you have and how many of them do you have to go out special grocery store run and buy? Um, did you have a most lot of them? No, a lot of them. And I even had to improvise on a couple things. Like it called for rice vinegar. I used red wine vinegar because I'm like, oh, I don't have that. It called for sriracha. I didn't want to buy a big thing of sriracha for one teaspoon. So you just went so to a, a carry-out place and stole a couple packets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I never thought of that idea. <laughs> I'd have done that. I'd have been like, hey, I patronize you guys all the time. I need to borrow a couple of packets. Is that cool? <laughs> so we're talking about recipes and making these intricate recipes. Tracy loves to uh, try new recipes, try new stuff. And what that usually means is if I'm home, she'll sit at the kitchen table and call out stuff. She'll be like, okay, we need garbanzo beans. I run out of the pantry. Okay, we got them. And then she'll she'll go, okay, I'm going to ask you to go through the spice rack, but please don't sing the song. And I'll go, you mean this one? Spice, spice, Tracy. Spice, spice, Tracy. Oh, wow. <laughs> and every time I find the correct spice, I'll go, I found the spice, spice, Tracy. <laughs> the, the, that's either cute or annoying, depending on the it's eye both. of the wife. It's both. But here's what the cuter, funnier, like that is so adorable that you two, you guys do Everything together, including preparing for a recipe. That's adorable. Yeah, yeah. She likes me to likes me to go and find him. And then, yeah, uh, <laughs> it was just yesterday, two days ago. Uh, Cori, she's. I think it was coriander powder. If that's not a thing, don't. That's not the point of the story. Uh, she said coriander powder, and I'm like. I don't have that spice, spice, Tracy. And she goes, I'm telling you, it's there. I said, do you want to come and find that spice, spice, Tracy? And she came and found it. And I said, that that seeds, that's not powder. She said, but it's the same thing. I'll grind it up. I'll make it into powder. And I said, but that is not what you said. That is not the spice, spice, Tracy asked for. You do everything <laughs> together and you argue about everything. <laughs> All in one. <laughs> spice, spice, Tracy. Want your man to be a big old softy? Just watch a sob fest movie on Netflix and bottle your tears. A new study <laughs> found the smell of women's tears makes men less aggressive. 
They had a bunch of women what? watch a sad movie and collected their tears as they ran down their face. Meanwhile, they had men play a special video game designed to aggravate them. Mm-hmm. Their points were unfairly taken away to make them angry. <laughs> they found the men were close to 50% less aggressive after getting a good whiff of women's tears. And scan shows they also had less activity in areas of their brain associated with aggressive behavior. So they, in this study, I don't know if you know, I may, might be asking a question you don't know the answer to. They did not know what they were smelling. They just said, here, smell this. Yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was like and a liquid. And they instantly went, oh. Yeah, 50% less aggressive. <laughs> smelling women's tears. I don't know. <laughs> Is that fascinating? Because usually I think of what? men as like... They don't want to see a no, woman cry. They get cry, up. We're like, no, 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 no. Why are we crying? <laughs> Let's not cry. Let's do something else. <laughs> but the smell. The makes... smell makes them less aggressive. Huh. I didn't say it makes them compassionate, but it makes them less aggressive. 50% less aggressive. Yeah, it doesn't make them more compassionate. It makes them less aggressive. You've, you've brought up something I wanted to talk about today. Have you, have you heard about man camp? No. Men are paying tons and tons of money to go and apparently become a man. We'll talk about that next. So Taylor is just sharing that there's a, a new study out that says if you want your guy to be uh, more, what is it, less aggressive, less aggressive, mm-hmm. have him smell women's tears. Yep. And that will make it. Okay. Men are paying thousands of dollars to go off to something called man camp to become more manly. We're going we're to talk about that next. What would you do if your husband came home from work today and said, honey, I want to spend $18,000 to go to man camp. $18,000? $18,000 to go to man camp. Uh-uh. They, they promise I'm going to shatter my self-doubt. I'll have, I'll have clear purpose. I'll heal my childhood trauma and uncover what's holding me back. Eighteen grand. By doing what? To go and do this. Well, it's funny you should ask that. It's like extreme boot camp. These things like there's one called Modern Day Night Project. And <laughs> know, you get right? to wear a suit of armor. They maybe and for that money they sword? should let you wear whatever you want, right? That's so, gonna be useful when your wife sends you to the grocery store. Psychiatrists are saying that these things are a result of, of men seeking out like difficult experiences. And they're seeking out groups. They're seeking out their tribe. They look for social bonding, some type of social capital. And they're turning to these kind of groups to give them a sense of that. But they're like, it's a false sense of that. Wait a minute. They're looking for difficult circumstances. Isn't just life surviving everyday life difficult enough for them? Yeah, I have a feeling there are a lot of wives listening. Like, instead of spending 18 grand, why don't you just vacuum like I asked you to? <laughs> that seems to be an obstacle you can't get over. So um, the, one of them is known as the project where former military veterans will put you through this 75-hour grueling physical challenges. Like, I looked at one of the videos online, and these guys are going up this this dirt hill covered with rocks and twigs and stuff, and it's such a steep incline, you, they, you literally have to belly crawl to get up. And if you stop moving out of exhaustion, they will grab you by the ankle and pull you back down. Do you think this is more about, <laughs> instead of like calling it man camp, they should have they should call it like... Woulda, shoulda, coulda been a Green Beret camp. Maybe. Like they want to prove they could have done it. Now, should you make it through the 75-hour crucible, then your reward is you get access to year-long coaching, a mentorship program called the Modern Day Night Mastermind Program, and that will cost you 
additional money. Please tell me they interviewed some of the wives for the story. (laughs) What did they say? I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe guys that go to something like that, there's not a wife in the picture because I can't see my wife saying, sure, that's a good way to spend eighteen thousand dollars. That's like six or seven phenomenal family vacations. That's paying off the mortgage. That's helping your kids maybe with a little bit of college. Wow, eighteen thousand dollars. Eighteen grand for be a man camp. <laughs> man, I, I I'm stunned. I have nothing but shock and awe. <laughs> well, that's maybe that's the second camp. After you get past the modern day night, move on to shock and awe camp. <laughs> Coming up, imagine this. You're walking your dog on what you think is a frozen lake, and all of a sudden, you fall through the ice. Hey, this is your guaranteed put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news. So imagine this. You're walking your dog on what you think is a lake that's frozen solid. I mean, after all, it's the middle of winter. Then all of a sudden, you fall through the ice. That's exactly mm. what happened to a 65-year-old man in Traverse City, Michigan. Thankfully, someone saw it happen, called 911, And a quick-thinking police officer tried to throw one of those Frisbee discs with rope attached to the Mm -hmm. man whose upper body was out of the water. Didn't work. So he called over the man's dog, Ruby, to help and tied the disc around her. Ruby, come here. Come here, Ruby. Will she get a hold of this? Call her. Call her. And the guy called his dog back. Ruby obeyed. Brought the disc back. He could. He got it out of, off of her neck. Mm-hmm. Held on to it, and the police officer pulled him to safety. He was treated to the hospital. Wow! And he is alive today mm. because someone saw him fall and called nine one one. And then his dog Ruby was willing to come when called. Wow! Who knew training your dog? <laughs> I would have been dead. I have so many dogs that would not come right. when you call them. They look at you like what? My dogs would have sat on the shore wagging their tails, going, "Come on." <laughs> We're waiting for you. Yeah, why are you in that water? Get out. <laughs> did you hear what a hospital in Tennessee did to pay tribute to Dolly Parton on her 78th birthday? No. Williamson Health dressed up a newborn like Dolly with a, a yarn wig <laughs> that looked like her bleach blonde locks and a crocheted jacket that was a nod to her iconic tune, Coat of Many Colors. The baby even had a teeny tiny guitar that had flowers on it. So cute. My daughter has her... She has a little pit bull, <clears throat> and she has a Dolly costume for her. Because her name's Dolly. Yes, her name is Dolly, and she has a Dolly costume for her, like, complete with hat. And there's something she wears, and on the front, it looks like she has a guitar. <laughs> That's cute. I think Dolly chewed up her Dolly outfit. I wouldn't though. be surprised. <laughs> you may think being on their phone all the time is just part of being a teenager these days, but what are the secret signs that social media is taking over your child's life? Okay, first of all, hobbies and homework take a back seat. A constant need for validation, like they're they're just addicted to likes and shares. Hmm. Mood swings, a decline in physical activity, neglecting responsibilities like caring for their own pet, disrupted sleep patterns, and the last secret sign that social media is taking over your child's life, social withdrawal. In other words, they become increasingly uncomfortable with face-to-face conversations. Mm, And uh, some parents are probably like, oh man, I just checked all seven off the list. Well, it's hard because so many of those things, if social media didn't didn't even exist, 
a lot of those things happen just because they're teenagers. And when they're teen, all of a sudden it's like a switch goes off at when they're like 12, 13 years old, you go from being their bestie and their hero to, could you drop me off around the corner from school? Cause I don't want my friends right. to think I even know. Yeah. You know if what you, I mean? It, it can be that harsh. So if it, you are looking for one little practical way, that's super easy. Cause I, I know so many parents have, you know, you've expressed this. It gets exhausting being the device police hmm. is just go into the settings and your child's phone deactivates at 9 p.m. Yeah. Like it just doesn't work. An interesting question that, that I have for parents, because I ask myself this. So ask yourself this question. If, if you're at that stage where your kids are older and you got them phones when they were young and, and you regret it, if you could go back and know that your child is going to, that they're going to like whine and complain and say they've made them an outcast because you didn't get them a phone. Like you're going to live with the re- reality of you didn't get them a phone and all the whining, complaining and eye rolling that goes along with that. Or, the results of them having their phone for five, 10, whatever, how many years, which one would you rather live with? And if I could go back and do it, I'd way rather live with their whining and complaining than some of the stuff we've had to deal with because of social media. That's just, that's just the truth with us. And I share that because if you're on the, if you're on the the point right now where you're, should I get my kid a phone? Are they too young? I don't know. Is eight too young? Is nine too young? 10 too young? Too young? Yes. <laughs> it's too young. Delay it as long as you possibly can, because the stuff that comes along with it, you just don't want to deal with it. You would way you would way rather deal with them whining, complaining and saying, you know, you've made me a social outcast. OK, <laughs> now go play. I never thought I would say this, but I am addicted to a game. I'll tell you what's going on in just a minute. So I, I can't believe it, but I'm addicted to a game. Is this a game like and, on your phone or something? Yeah. And it's it's not like Candy Crush or anything like that. It's. It's very um, much a little bit like, remember when our producer got us started on Wordle? Yeah. It's not Wordle. It's called Connections. Okay. And every morning they give you 16 words and you have to put them in pairs of four, or, you know, sets of four and figure out what those four words have in common. Huh. Okay. Out of the 16. So like, for example, um, today I, I did terrible. I got... Um, Coin, create, devise, and invent. It's all things you bring into being. And then like fine, prime, quality, sterling. Those are all things that are excellent. Hmm. And then I, I failed. I, I never did get the other ones. And so hmm. I hope my my husband plays it too. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping he got it so I can ask him because it didn't give me the correct answers at the end. Wow. I'm like, I want to know. I want to know what I got wrong. So um, it's called um, Connections. The big picture here is... If you wanted to get addicted to it like I If you I am. hear a portion of the show where there's a lull in Taylor like speaking up or participating, <laughs> we know exactly what she's doing. That's <laughs> playing Connections. You know, somebody that suffers from allergies, you know, certain times of the year, maybe when uh, something's growing, they're wheezing and mm, sneezing yeah, or yeah. if they're around a cat. Especially springtime. Yeah. We're going to talk about that next. Those of us who've experienced allergies know it is so miserable. It's like having a really, 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 really bad cold, only it's not going to go away in seven days, mm. just seven to 10 days like a cold. Um, I, I developed this allergy to my hometown of Jupiter, Florida for several years. Every time I went home to visit my parents, yeah, I don't know if it was the molds and the mildews because of the humidity there, but I would just be miserable. No so kidding. Huh. This uh, headline caught my caught my eye. There's this new device that cures your allergies by electrocuting your nose. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. It's called the Nasocalm. 
And they just hit Kickstarter and you strap it to your face for 15 minutes a day <laughs> and it supposedly makes your allergies a lot better. Uh, you got It's got six electrodes, three for each nostril that deliver small electric shots, shocks to stimulate the muscles in your nose. And they say it gives you incredible relief from allergies. This sounds like something that... <laughs> A disgruntled spouse invented, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to go to their better half. Hey, hey, I hear this gives some relief. Let me administer the shocks. <laughs> yeah, it's called. If you're interested, it's called Nasocalm. They're going to sell Nasocalm? it for a hundred bucks, but you can get it for sixty bucks if you back them on Kickstarter. What? And they claim it's going to ship in March, just in time for allergy season. Would you try Nasocalm? Would you try it? Depends how bad people say it hurts. Doesn't Glenn have allergies pretty bad every year? Uh. He's doing better. He's allergic to our grass, uh-huh. but he wears a mask when he mows, yeah. and that's made a big difference. If you told him, if let's suppose they came roaring back, allergies mm-hmm. this year. Mm-hmm. If you said, hey, there's this thing, I'll order it for you. Do you want to give it a whirl? <laughs> would he say yay or no? He would probably say no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, no amount of suffering would make me hook up electrodes. To your nose. To my face, <laughs> my nose. <laughs> Hey, if no. it promised me that it would get rid of wrinkles, I'd try it. <laughs> so you were talking about these electrodes people can hook up to their nose, and supposedly it relieves allergies. And yeah, it's called the nasocalm. I was saying, I'll, ne- I'll never try that. I'd never try that. I have tried something goofy one time, though. I was off at a cycling camp, road cycling. It was a whole okay. week of doing nothing but cycling out in Arizona. I remember you did that in Arizona, yeah. It's awesome. And, and one of the things they encouraged was for recovery every night, because you're out riding, 60, 70, 80 miles a day, you got to recover at night. And they had these things, they were they were called uh, compression boots. Oh, I've heard of these. Compression legs. And imagine form-fitting sleeping bags that fit around each leg. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a giant boot. And it's got air pockets in it. You hit a button and it, compre- it goes to like, it's form very, very snug what against you your think? legs. Did it help? And it's supposed to help with circulation and promote recovery. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying. Everybody's doing it. So I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. As soon as they were available, I was like, all right. Put them on my legs and sat down on the couch and hit the thing to go. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my ankle. Something's wrong. It is like killing my ankle. (gasps) They hit the button to stop and deflated it. Everybody else had on sweatpants or shorts. I had on like athletic pants with a zipper at the bottom. (gasps) Yeah. And the compression stuff (laughs) jammed the zipper into the bone of my ankle. Oh, oh it hurts so That's terrible. Bad. Someone should have warned you. And then, well, they were teasing me. They were like, first person in history to get hurt <laughs> using <laughs> Did you go change him, try him again, or was that it? Yeah, I had, to get, I had to go to the end of the line, though, because <laughs> other people were waiting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once you did them right, did you feel like they helped? I've never done them. Oh, 100% not. <laughs> um, well, that's funny. I didn't feel anything. But I think it's one of those things like, a, I don't know, a multivitamin. You got to use it over and over yeah. and over and over again to get, get yeah, the benefit. Yeah.